Do you want to talk about books? Yeah. Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up a well-read life. I am back after an unintended podcasting break. I'm so sorry for my long absence. We've been doing a lot of traveling this fall, and also there's just been a lot going on in the family. So I had to put the podcast on hold for a little bit, but I am so happy to be back. And I've already shared how much the mountains mean to me in the story of the Von Trapp Family Singers episode. And I've shared many times over the special place Switzerland has in my heart because of my time at Libri Fellowships when I was younger. I'm actually reading now Edith Schaefer's Hidden Art of Homemaking, and she and her husband started Libri Fellowships. While I was at Labrie, God did a great work in my heart and restored my love of stories and made them far richer to me. So it should come as no surprise that the book I'm sharing today combines both my love of mountains and my love of Switzerland. The book I'm talking about is the children's classic, Heidi by Johanna Spiri. Now, not much is known of Johanna Spiri. She wrote Heidi in, I believe, in her 40s. This was her first book, and she was middle-aged by the time she was writing it. But what is known of her is that she had a lot of what she called storms of life. She didn't go into detail, but one of the things was her losing and then finding her faith again. So I would love to know more about Johanna Spiri. So if anyone out there knows more about her, please let me know. This is the first time that I have read Heidi, and I was supposed to have read it with my best friend a few years ago, and she read it all, and I only read part of it. I think I was busy with a young baby in the podcast, so I didn't get into it as much as I have now, and part of that is because my little girl was listening to Heidi at night, and just the way the reader, and I cannot remember her name, but she read it with such expression and such emotion that it convinced me to give it another try. And, I, and I'm and i so glad that I did, and I'm so sorry that it took me so long to read it. My mom has actually talked about how much she loved reading it as a child and how she loved the part with the food in it, with cheese and bread for dinner with milk. And so I love those little mentions of food throughout books and this, the coziness of a book that includes just a very simple meal. Now, I have had a copy of Heidi since I was a child. So again, it's strange that I didn't read it before now, but I have. And I'm going to give you a quick summary before I introduce some of the characters. Heidi is the story of a little girl who is orphaned at a young age. She has few relatives left and is eventually put in the care of her solitary grandfather who lives in the mountains of the Swiss Alps. There, Heidi thrives in the mountain air, spending her time roaming the mountainside with the companionship of a goat herd and the goats in his care. Heidi enjoys a rich, happy life on the mountain until the day when her world is upended and she must leave the mountains for Frankfurt to be the companion of a rich girl named Clara. What follows is a beautiful story of hope regained amidst suffering and the whisper of God that draws us to himself. 
Now, for the characters in Heidi, there is, of course, Heidi, who is a very young girl at the beginning of the story. She is orphaned, as I said. She is a joyful character who seems to just win whoever she's around. She wins them over. She just has this exuberant love of life, and she is an influence on almost all of the characters who encounter her. an influence for the better. She is just delightful and this winsome and sweet, kind-hearted child who's very selfless and just one that she will endear herself to you. Next, we have Diti, who is her aunt. She's a very minor character, but she has a big part to play in Heidi's trajectory of life. She's a self-interested character, so she rarely has Heidi's best interest at heart, and she causes a lot of turmoil in poor Heidi's life. Then we have Uncle Alp, who is Heidi's grandfather, and he is a gruff, quiet man who keeps to himself in the mountains. He has a bit of a history that the mountain people like to talk about. So they he doesn't have anything to do with them except for with Peter, the goat herd, and no one has anything to do with him. He is very tender towards Heidi. And as the story progresses, and as you see, there is a a deep tenderness to him, but there is also a hardness that has to be softened. And it is beautiful, and you have to read the book to get all of that. Next, we have Peter the goat herd. He is Heidi's friend and companion in the mountains. He's most happy with his goats running free on the high places of the mountain. He's mischievous, often truant at school, and has a jealous streak when it comes to Heidi. And yet, he is a dear friend to her. Peter lives with his grandmother and mother in a small hut outside the town. Granny is one of the characters, and that is Peter's grandmother. She is adored by Heidi. She's an older woman, a poor older woman who is blind, and Heidi comes to her and keeps her company and sings hymns to her that help minister to the woman in her quiet days where she isn't able to have company like she would like, and she isn't able to get out and about as she would hope to. Next, we have Clara. These are some characters in Frankfurt where the second half of the story takes place. Clara is a young girl who it seems as if she is suffering from epilepsy. She has some sort of extended illness, which has kept her from walking. And she seems to have what sounds like our epileptic fits at times. And she is a very wealthy young woman. And Heidi is sent for to be her companion. And Clara is very, very sweet. She is very spoiled by her father, but she doesn't have a spoiled attitude. Her father just gives her whatever she would like. But she is a dear friend to Heidi, and Heidi loves her very much. Clara also has a grandmother who plays a very big part in the story, as you will see later on. She's a wealthy woman who has a love of God, and she is a great influence on many of the characters in the story's lives. Then we have Madame Rottenmeier, who is the governess of Clara, and she is very protective of Clara, but very unkind to Heidi. And she really makes Heidi's, some of Heidi's time in Frankfurt, 
quite miserable just because of her dislike of Heidi. And she thinks Heidi's uneducated and she's provincial and she's rather snobbish. So she does not think that Heidi is the best influence for Clara. Lastly, we have a character who I believe is only referred to as the doctor, and he's the doctor of Clara. And he also is the one who helps get Heidi back to her home. So he is a very kind man, and he is very caring of Clara and also of Heidi. So he has a larger part in the last half of the book, and he's one of the characters I'll be talking about in just a minute. Now, Heidi is a very gospel-centered story with many beautiful Christian themes woven throughout. But today I want to focus on one of the main themes of the book, the love of God and his care for us. One of the ways we see this is his love and care for children. And this is especially clear in the characters of Heidi and Clara. When Heidi comes to Frankfurt, she is snatched out of the secure and loving home of her grandfather and brought into a world vastly different than her own. Frankfurt is a busy city crowded with buildings and people. Here she meets with her first taste of an enemy in the form of Madame Rottenmeier. She does not have the same care for the child's soul as Heidi's friends and family on the mountain. Heidi begins to suffer greatly, experiencing a deep homesickness, unable to eat, and plagued by nighttime bouts of sleepwalking. But it is also in Frankfurt that Heidi hears about the love of God from Clara's grandmother. And because Heidi knows his love and is introduced to his love in Frankfurt, she is able to share this good news when she returns to the mountains. And remember, just keep in mind how I said her grandfather's heart is very hardened against people and also against God. So I want to read a quote when Clara's grandmother talks to Heidi about the love of God and how he is our father. So it's when Heidi has had just a lot of heartbreak and she's given up praying because God has not answered her prayer to go home to the mountains. So Clara's grandmother is asking her about that. And she tells Heidi, God is a loving father to us all and knows what is good for us. If we ask for something it isn't right for us to have, he won't give it to us. But in his own good time, if we go on praying and trust in him, he'll find us something better. You can be sure it's not that he didn't hear your prayer, for he can listen to everybody at once. That's part of the wonder of it. You must have asked for something he thought you ought not to have at present, and probably said to himself, Heidi's prayer shall be answered, but only at the right moment, so that she will really be happy. If I answer it now, perhaps later on she'll wish she hadn't asked for it, because things may not turn out as she expects. He has been watching over us all this time. Never doubt that. But you have stopped praying, and that showed you do not really believe in him. If you go on like that, God will let you go your own way. Then, if things go wrong and you complain that there's no one to help you, you will really have only yourself to blame, because you will have turned your back on the one person who could really help you. Do you want that to happen, Heidi? Or will you go now at once and ask God to forgive you and help you to find more faith, to help you go on praying every day, and to trust him to make things come right for you in the end? Heidi had listened very carefully to all this. She had great confidence in Grandmama and wanted to remember everything she said. And at the end, she cried penitently. I will go at once and ask God to forgive me. And I'll never forget him again. That's a good girl. Heidi went to her own room then, much encouraged, and begged God not to forget her, 
but to give her his blessing. And I wanted to read that part, just how the grandmother talks about the love of God and God as a father and how we're able to go to him. And, and even though a prayer isn't answered at first, he still is working. And later on, Heidi finds out why it took so long for her prayer to be answered. And it is beautifully done. So I can't wait for you to read the book and see just Heidi's joy and her exuberance and her praising of God as she comes back to the mountain and her prayer is finally answered. And again, there's a reason that it took so long and um, it is beautifully, beautifully done. And I, I do love how the grandmother handles that very deep hurt of Heidi and, and is imploring her to trust in God, to know that he loves her, that he is her father and he has her best interest at heart. The grandmother also gives Heidi a book that has the story of the prodigal son, which we'll play in a little bit later. But that is a book, that is a story that becomes very dear to Heidi, that she loves very much. And it will play, like I said, a huge part in the later half of the book. I also want to talk briefly about Clara's suffering. I mentioned how you see the love of God and his care for children. So I want you to see the way in which God's love and tenderness is shown to Clara in the midst of her suffering. Because Clara's suffering and restoration is a reminder of Jesus's care and healing of the sick during his time on earth. Heidi is brought to live in Frankfurt to be Clara's companion, as I mentioned earlier. And I also said that she suffers from an unnamed illness and she is not able to walk and is in a wheelchair. Clara suffers long through her bouts of illness and bears it well without complaint. She is well cared for and loved. Still, she suffers. But when she is finally able to come to the mountains, she begins to grow stronger. There's a beautiful moment showing the tenderness of Uncle Alp when caring for Clara when she comes to the mountains. Fair warning, this episode will be filled with quotes from the book, but there are so many little moments from the story that I want to share, and I don't think I can do justice to them without reading directly from the book. So please bear with me, because although it is sparse in language, it gives a beautiful picture of the tenderness of God for us. I want to read now from the moment when Clara first comes to the mountain to see Heidi. It's near the end of the book. Clara can't be pushed up the mountain in her wheelchair and instead is being carried up it on a chair on poles. When Clara and her entourage arrive at Uncle Alp's mountain hut, he comes out and takes her to the chair. I'll read the quote now, and please notice the gentleness and tenderness of Uncle Alp and how his suffering has made him able to do this. Uncle Alp brought the wheelchair forward and spread some rugs on it. Then he went over to Clara and said, Supposing I carry you to your usual chair, that would be more comfortable, I'm sure. This one you're in must be a trifle hard. Without more ado, he lifted her in his strong arms and settled her gently into it. Then he wrapped the rugs round her as tenderly as though he had spent the whole of his life looking after invalids. Mrs. Sessaman watched him with astonishment. My dear uncle, she exclaimed, if I knew where you had learned to care like that for the sick, I would send all the nurses of my acquaintance to study there. How did you come by it? From experience and not training, he replied. 
a shadow falling across his face, for his thoughts had traveled swiftly back to the time when he was a soldier, and had brought his captain of the battlefield so badly wounded that he spent the rest of his days on the couch, hardly able to move. No one but Uncle Alf was allowed near him, and he had looked after him till he died. He had quite naturally handled Clara, as he used to deal with that other sufferer, and he understood without telling the little services that would make her comfortable. When I read this, and not to over-spiritualize, I see an earthly picture of how God tenderly cares for his children and how the suffering of Christ makes him so compassionate to us and our weaknesses. Next, I want to talk about not just for children, but the way in which God loves us. And to do that, we'll see an example of God loving us in our prodigal times and in our grief. So we get an interesting take on the prodigal son in this story. Only here, instead of a young man arrested from indulging in profligate living while he is still young and coming to his senses, we are given the story as if the prodigal was left to follow the natural course of life and how he would be near the end of it. Because here, the prodigal son is Uncle Alp, Heidi's grandfather, a crusted man near the end of his life whose heart has been far from God and far from his neighbor. He is a social outcast with a reputation that in his youth, his time was spent in carousing, drunkenness, and gambling, so much so that his way of living caused the ruin of his family's prosperous farm. He is rumored to be bad-tempered and cruel. And this is the man Heidi is left with, but he shows an unexpected tenderness to her. At the beginning of the book, the pastor in town comes to the grandfather and urges him to come and make peace with the village and the people there. And he asks him, how long will you live at odds with God and man? And he really implores him. And it's, and it's done in a, a respectful and tender way of trying to draw the grandfather back to God and back to his neighbor. But the grandfather will have nothing to do with it. He sends the pastor away and he says that he will stay as he is. And so when Heidi leaves and she goes to Frankfurt, he gets harder still in his heart. And so it looks as if he will never change. But it is Heidi's homecoming and all that she learned from Clara's grandmother in Frankfurt that pierce the old man's heart and draw him back to God. When Heidi returns from Frankfurt, having learned to read when she was away, she reads the prodigal son's story to her grandfather. I want to share that part of the story with you. So Heidi says to her grandfather, after returning, We'll pray every day, won't we, grandfather? And we'll never forget God again. And he won't forget us. And when someone does forget, he said softly, that's very bad, Heidi told him earnestly, because then God lets him go his own way. And then when everything has gone wrong, no one will feel sorry for him. They'll only say, you didn't bother about God and now God has left you to yourself. That's true, Heidi. How did you find out? Grandmama explained it all to me. The old man walked on in silence. After a while, he said half to himself, if God forsakes a man, that's final. There's no going back then. Oh, but there is. Grandmama said so, and everything will come right in the end, like it does in the lovely story in my book. You haven't heard it yet, but we'll soon be home now, and then I'll read it to you. So Heidi recounts the story of the prodigal son to her grandfather, and I'll pick back up after she finishes reading the story. 
Instead of looking pleased and surprised as she had expected, the old man sat very still without speaking until she said, Isn't that a lovely story, grandfather? It is indeed, he replied. But he looked so grave that she too fell silent and sat looking at the pictures. Presently she pushed the book gently in front of him. You can see how happy he is, she said, pointing to the picture of the return of the prodigal son. Some hours later, when Heidi was in bed and asleep, the old man climbed up to the loft and put his lamp on the ground so that its light fell on her. She lay with her hands folded as if she had fallen asleep saying her prayers. There was a peaceful, very trusting expression on her face which moved him so deeply and he stood gazing down at her for a long time. Then he too folded his hands, bowed his head, and in a low voice said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no longer worthy to be called thy son. And down his wrinkled cheeks rolled two large tears. He rose early next morning and went out of doors. It was a beautiful day, a Sunday. The sound of bells floated up from the valley, and the birds in the fir trees were singing their morning chorus. Then he stepped back into the hut and called up to Heidi. Time to get up. The sun is shining. Put on your best dress, and we'll go to church together. And so the grandfather goes back to the town. He goes to the church service. He makes peace with the pastor and with the people, and it is very it is very tender and very sweet, and he is a changed man afterwards. Finally, I want to talk about God's love for us in the midst of grief. For that, I will share the little bit at the end about the doctor, Clara's doctor. He healed Heidi by sending her back to the mountains, but later, after he suffers a great loss, and while he is steeped in grief, he has to heed his own advice and go to the mountains himself. There he will find healing for his grief. I want to share a shorter and a longer quote. I'll start with a shorter quote to give context to the longer quote. It has to do with the doctor's grief. One September morning, the kind doctor who had been responsible for Heidi being sent home walked along the street to the Sesamans' house. It was the sort of day on which everyone should have been happy but he went along with eyes downcast and did not once lift them to the blue sky above. His hair had grown whiter since the spring, and he wore an air of great sadness. His only daughter had died recently, and he had never recovered his spirits, for she had been the great joy of his life since his wife's death some time before. So he is steeped in his grief. He goes to visit Clara, who's supposed to go visit Heidi, and she is in the midst of a bout of sickness, and so she's not able to go. And so her father encourages the doctor to go in her place. So he does, and he spends time in the mountains with grandfather and with Heidi. And this is where I'll pick up with the longer quote, which I, I'll summarize some of it. It's a delicate but beautiful moment talking about grief and sorrow, especially in a children's book. So Heidi is telling the doctor how beautiful it is in the mountains. And the doctor says, yes, Heidi, it is very beautiful, he agreed. But can a heart forget its sorrow and rejoice even here? No one is sad here, she told him, only in Frankfurt. A fleeting smile crossed his face. But supposing the sorrow could not be left in Frankfurt, but dogged one up here too, 
What then? When you can do no more yourself, said Heidi confidently, tell God. Those are good words, my dear, said the doctor, but suppose it was God himself who sent the sorrow. Heidi sat pondering for a while. She was sure God could always help, but was trying to find the answer out of her own experiences. I think you have to wait, she said at last, and keep on thinking that God has something good which he's going to give you out of the sad thing. But you have to be patient. You see, when something's awfully bad, you don't know about the good bit coming, and you think it's going on forever. I hope you will always feel like that, Heidi, he said, and fell silent, drinking in the scene before him. Presently, he went on, Can you understand that even up here, it is possible for sorrow to cast a shadow over the eyes so that one can't really enjoy the beauty, and that adds to the sadness. Do you know what I mean? And Heidi goes on and is trying to comfort him. And so she tells him about one of Granny's hymns. And I'll read the hymn and just a little bit more of his response to the hymn. So Heidi sings the hymn, To God confide thy cares, on him thy burden cast. He heareth all thy prayers and sends relief at last. His never-failing love, his wisdom sure and true, bring comfort from above and all thy hopes renew. Heidi stopped, for she was not sure that the doctor was listening. He had covered his eyes with his hand and sat very still. She half thought he might have fallen asleep and decided that if he wanted to hear any more, he would ask her to go on when he woke up. He was not asleep. However, only lost in thought, the hymn had taken him right back to when he was a little boy and stood beside his mother's chair listening to those same words, And he saw again how fondly her eyes rested on him, and he heard her voice speaking so gently. These pleasant memories held him for a long time, and when at last he looked up, there were Heidi's big eyes watching him thoughtfully. He patted her hand and said quite cheerfully, That was very nice, Heidi. We'll come up here again, and you shall tell me more. So I love how, in that moment, a child is able to minister to an adult in their grief, how God uses this sweet child, the innocence of a child, the the love and care of her to also demonstrate his love and care for someone who is in the midst of suffering and grief so that he knows, the doctor knows he's not forgotten, that God is with him and God sees and God hears and God loves him with an abundant love. And he carries the doctor's suffering alongside him. After the doctor's time on the mountain, he says, he talks about how it is such a good place for sick minds as well as bodies and that life seems worth living again after his time with Heidi. But there's more to it just than just that. And for how his story ends, you must read the book. I have said before that I think of good children's books as training wheels to teach us about the love and truth of God. The world can be cruel to the innocence of children. We can just look around the internet and the news and so easily be overwhelmed by stories of how evil tries to corrupt their innocence. But stories like Heidi quietly help build for them a firm foundation in the graciousness and goodness of God, one that cannot easily be shaken. Books like this are one of the tools God can use to sow the seed 
for the love of his truth, his beauty, and goodness to dispel the darkness. During dark times and suffering, it also behooves us to return to these stories to be reminded of the very basic foundations of our faith, that God loves us and pursues us as a father does his child. Remember the words of Jesus, at times we must be as children. We won't stay there, but there are times in our weakness that our faith and trust must not be childish, but childlike. Are children perfect? Don't they scream and yell and call out frantically when they are upset, experience injustices, or when nightmares threaten to overwhelm and frighten them? But where do they look for comfort? They go to the arms of their father or mother and pour out their fear and grievances. Parents are their training ground, teaching them and patiently modeling for them how to one day rely on God. But children are also our teachers, modeling for us our desperate need for God, our constant need to rely on him to soothe, heal, and help us. As I've said before and how I've said very often on the podcast about these stories being training wheels to teach us about the love and truth of God, I also bear in mind with that, that for some, these are the first testament that a loving and living God exists and cares for them. They may meet him for the first time in the pages of books like this. Let us not forget the great value that these little stories can add to our lives. I want to close with the last sentence of the book, and may this be a truth that lives on on our lips. It's Peter's grandmother who says this, If I spend every moment for the rest of my days thanking God for his goodness to us, that still would not be enough. I hope that you will read Heidi. I hope that you will relish the sweet story between its pages. I, I hope that you will find an endearing character in Heidi and that the love of God will jump from the page and pierce your heart as you read it. Well, that's all for this week. I will be back in two weeks, hopefully, with another episode. In the meantime, if you would like to connect, you can contact me at bethatawellreadlife.com. I am so appreciative of the people who have been reaching out, and I am so sorry if I've been delayed. It's been a very hectic last couple of months, and I've been it's been hard for me to get to my email and also to my messages in Instagram. But please continue. And if I have missed your emails, I apologize. And I will get back to those very soon. And also you can get in touch with me on Instagram at wellreadbeth. And I want to thank Nancy, who has sent me some messages on Instagram for her just kindness and thoughtfulness towards me and very much appreciate her prayers. I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and that you are enjoying the crispness of fall and curling up with a good book. Until next time. 